Good afternoon, everybody. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. You can also reach out through the KPL app chat. Download the KPL app. If you haven't already, go to your app store and use uh, the search term KPL News. You can find the KPL News app, download that, and you can be part of the conversation. If you go there, uh, there are a few different buttons that you really need to know. There's a listen live button. So even if you're out of the service area, you can listen to KPL anytime, anywhere. You can catch the podcast version of several of our shows. My show is hosted elsewhere, but you can still find uh, Canada's Morning News, Moon Grafon, all sorts of shows there on the app. There's a little text message icon up in the upper right corner, and you can reach out to the show by tapping on that text message icon. You may have to sign up, register a little account, and select the Joe Cunningham Show. You can send a message to the show right through the app. There's also a button that you can hit and it calls us. So instead of having to dial 232-1542, just open the app, hit the little phone button, and you can call us directly right there. It's that easy to use the KPL News app. And you're going to want to use the KPL News app. Have that with you all throughout the day and especially tomorrow evening. We are, of course, having a uh, big election night coverage, a big election night show, our coverage throughout the evening, starting about 7.30 here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. All of the results as they come in will be, uh, we'll, we'll discuss them, we'll break them down, we'll analyze, we'll let you know the results as we get them from the state secretary, uh, the secretary of state's website. So you listen to us starting Saturday night, about 7.30, Polls close at 8. We will start to get the results and the analysis into you as we measure a ton of races. And there are a ton of races. I told you guys the other day, I'm so tired of political ads. I mean, I know they're good for business in the radio business, but man, am I tired. And, and again, to the friends that I have who are running their elections, I love you. I'm tired of listening to your voice on the radio. I'm, I don't even like listening to my voice on the radio, but I'm tired of the one-minute ads. Uh, I, we need to go back to normal. I, I want to hear more about ZipRecruiter. I don't want to hear about who's running for whatever off office. Uh, it, it's, it's just exhausting. It is exhausting to hear it. It's exhausting to talk about it. It's exhausting. One of the things that, that people don't get about me, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent before even getting into uh, the news we've kind of missed this week, which is kind of the point of today's show, when I'm not on the air, when I'm not writing at Red State, when I'm not working uh, kind of my shift at Red State, I actually don't like talking about politics all that much. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who are just overly devoted to politics and, and it's kind of become their religion. And in a world where there's a lot of secularism and people trying to find a, a, a new higher power or a new uh, belief or philosophy to really uh, to really guide them. A lot of folks have turned to politics. They've turned to the cults of personality. I've talked about those before. But a lot of people are kind of overly devoted to politics. Once I'm done with the radio show, 
Like I I'm, I get done with the radio show, I will go home. I will go to my kids' volleyball game. I will go somewhere with some friends. Whatever. I don't want to talk about politics anymore. I really don't like paying attention to politics anymore after that point. But it's something I I still kind of have to do. If there's breaking news, I've got to cover it. If there's something I need to write a little bit of commentary on, I will do that. But it's just so, so exhausting, y'all. I really don't like talking about politics outside of my job. I like to keep my job and my personal life separate. Now, some people will ask me about it. Some people even here in the building will be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I, I, I haven't even dove into that yet. But it, it's still, you know, it's, it's but I, I'm going to be here tomorrow night as part of my job. I'm going to be here on Saturday night to provide that elections coverage, provide that analysis that that you guys expect from us here at News Talk 96.5 KPL. So anyway, I want to get into some of the stories that we haven't touched on this week. There's one that I saw on Wednesday. I want to jump into that. Cuz I've mentioned it. I mentioned that early, I mentioned it even earlier this week, but there's media reports coming out about it. Now, Democrats see warning signs with black voters in Louisiana governor's race. This was actually written for The Hill. Now, The Hill is a left of center news outlet that focuses on news and politics in and around Washington, D.C. They cover some stuff in other areas, but particularly how it is framed from a Washington, D.C. perspective. So The Hill is one of those outlets. Louisiana gubernatorial candidate Sean Wilson is facing a challenging path to election amid warning signs that Democrats are not doing enough to motivate their base, including black voters. More than a dozen candidates are running to replace the term-limited Governor John Bell Edwards, with six main contenders emerging from the pack. Louisiana uses an open primary system where all contenders are listed under one ballot. If no candidate receives more than half the vote, the top two vote-getters head, uh, head to a runoff. Wilson, a former state transportation secretary, is expected to qualify during the Saturday primary for a November runoff election with leading Republican candidate Jeff Landry. But experts are pointing to weaker polling among black voters and limited coordination between the campaign and the state party as among some of the causes for concern for Democrats in the gubernatorial race. Democratic turnout has been weak, said Louisiana-based pollster John Cuvion. Normally, early voting tends to favor Democrats, and Republicans, as of Saturday night, cumulatively had a plus-five lead. I told you guys this earlier this week. Cuvion typically works with Republicans as a pollster according to The Hill, which is true. Um, Though fewer ballots for early voting have been cast overall in this election cycle compared to 2019, more Republicans than Democrats have voted so far, according to data from the Louisiana Secretary of State's office. Black voters make up a critical base of Democrats' voting bloc in the state, but early voting numbers show black turnout dropped 8% compared to the 2019 primary. White voter turnout also declined 12%. Tyrone Walker, vice president for policy, strategic partnership and development with the Louisiana Urban League, said there's no denying black voter turnout is not where they'd like it to be. But he added that the historical barriers cannot be overlooked in discussions around voter turnout. We have to recognize that we live in a country that has had centuries of systematic, well-designed barriers that are intended to disenfranchise African-Americans and other marginalized communities. And those barriers still exist, Walker said. The fallback on systematic racism, that is a big red flag. Right there. That tells you a lot that you need to know that they can't get black voters out. 
And so they're looking for reasons now to say why they didn't go vote on Saturday. That's You need to be keenly aware of that right now. If there was equal or greater black turnout than there was in 2019, they would be shouting from the rooftops that black voters are motivated. They are tired of what they see going on in our state. They are willing and able to get out and do it. There's never any barriers when that happens, only when they don't show up. It's very important to note that. That's a big, big red flag for Sean Wilson. And it's not going to get any better. Right now, it's feasible to see Jeff Landry getting in with 50% plus one. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is possible. I think he's still probably in the 42 to 45% range. Uh, I think Wilson, uh, his day of vote, I think Wilson will be able to get into the runoff. But I don't think the also-rans are going to have that much, with the exception of maybe Hunter Lundy. That gets me to one of the things that I'm kind of interested in seeing, because there's a high independent voter turnout in early voting, and I'm not sure if we're going to see the same on Saturday, but we will be keeping an eye on it. In early voting in Louisiana, about 15% of early voters were neither Republican nor Democrat. That favors Hunter Lundy. That also probably hurts Sean Wilson. Independents, by and large, are people who don't want to affiliate with either party, but in this state tend to be more right of center than not. But if there are a lot of independents who are tired of the Republican Party, they're probably not lining up behind Jeff Landry. Could be wrong on that, but I really think that's the case. There is another problem with Sean Wilson. Is the black vote really all in on Wilson? Let's think about that. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. So, Sean Wilson. I don't think there's going to be a big defection of black voters away from Sean Wilson, away from the Democrats, but I think there might be a noticeable one, and here's why. You've heard by now the Jeff Landry ad with the black man's voice and the crying woman's voice, and it's an ad talking about crime. It's an ad talking about a woman who lost her child to gun violence. It's a very powerful ad. But there's a black voice in that ad. Why is that? Across the country, there is a growing trend of black voters who are tired of the rampant crime. It is disproportionately affecting their communities. Do you remember the uh, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa riots? In 2020, a lot of the violence, a lot of the burned down buildings, burned down businesses, those were black owned businesses. 
And the nonstop crime in several areas of the country, including here in Louisiana, is disproportionately affecting black neighborhoods. And young black men and black mothers in particular are starting to drift a little more toward the right than folks might expect. And if Sean Wilson loses a decent percentage, and I mean, in a decent here, we're talking even four to five percent of the black vote to Jeff Landry because of his uh, because of his hard on crime stance, his law and order stance, that kills Wilson's chances of getting into the runoff. Again, I don't think it's going to happen in that significant a number, but I think it's something to watch out for. It is something that needs to be paid attention to by the Democrats in the state. Because Democrats in the state, much like across the country, really haven't gone out to recognize just how problematic the crime problem is in their communities. But the people who live in those communities absolutely notice it. All right, that's it for the first half of the show. Let's go ahead and take our break. We will be back in just a few moments here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Well, I say that. Okay, so I need to be honest with y'all here. I'm not here. I'm in Memphis, Tennessee right now. I am visiting St. Jude as we speak. And uh, I've been doing that, you know, every year we uh, we have the the Carathon, we, the, the St. Jude uh, fundraising event where we raise money for St. Jude because it is it is such a special opportunity for us to really give something and, and help out an organization that does so much for so many people, including right here in Lafayette. Um, you'd be surprised to know the number of people from here in Lafayette who have uh, children or family members who uh, have undergone treatment or are undergoing treatment at St. Jude Children's Research Center. So uh, that's where I am today. I was I was out yesterday. You heard a best of today. I recorded this specifically for today because nothing else I did this week was like non-timely. Like, you know, Wednesday's show was all about the speaker's race and everything about that. And uh, Tuesday I could run again because it was going over the early voting stats. Monday was all about Israel Hamas. And there's so much more that's happened since then. It's just impossible for me to to have any other show this week that would make a good best of show. So I just wanted to give you guys something you haven't heard yet. Uh, so anyway, that's where I am today. I'm at St. Jude, but I'm still here on the radio. I mean, you can send a message to the Capel app chat. I will see them. I may even I might even try to log in and respond to some of them, but I'm not here here. So uh, just stick around because I still have a lot to say. You still want to hear what I have to say. I'm just not present saying it. So I need to jump to another story. This is more national. I mentioned the problem that the Democrats have as far as the black vote goes. Consider this week how many progressive groups and progressive organizations came out in support of Hamas. Consider how many progressives refused to say anything about the slaughter of women and children, about the beheading of babies. And I'm sorry, I know that's a very heavy topic for a Friday. I apologize. 
But Democrats have really shown their face here. There's a quote from Jake Tapper earlier this week at CNN. Jake Tapper's Jewish. You need to know that. Jake Tapper at CNN, he had this fantastic quote. These last few days have been a real eye-opening period for a lot of people, a lot of Democrats, a lot of progressives, in terms of the anti-Semitism on the left. He posted that to Twitter. Jake is absolutely right. Tapper is absolutely right in that. A lot of people, I think, as much as they talk about the anti-Semitism and how close to being Nazis the right are, I don't think they really understood how close to it they have it, how close to it some people on their own side are. It's a real big problem. The Democrats have a lot of big social problems. And here's another one coming from Emerson College polling. This poll came out earlier this week. An Emerson College polling survey of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, which is still fairly a swing state. Republicans are capable of winning it. Survey of Pennsylvania voters finds former President Donald Trump leading President Biden 45% to 36, while 11% plan to vote for someone else and 8% are undecided. In a potential 2024 U.S. Senate election, incumbent Democratic Senator Bob Casey holds an eight-point advantage over Republican challenger David McCormick, leading 41 to 33%. Joe Biden is five points behind the incumbent Democratic senator in Pennsylvania right now. And even worse, 18% are undecided in that Senate race. can go either way. However, Biden leads Trump 44 to 39% among voters under 40. However, those under 30 within this group break for Trump 45 to 39. Conversely, Casey leads McCormick 46-22 among voters under 40 and leads... Casey, 42 to 23, with voters under 30. Voters under 30 apparently are swinging Republican right now. That's something to note. An additional group that splits the ticket includes voters whose highest level of education is a high school degree or less. These voters break Trump 53 to 27, while Casey leads the group 36 to 33 over McCormick. Casey leads McCormick among women 44 to 26, while men break from McCormick 41 to 39 over Casey. Governor Josh Shapiro holds a 35% approval rating during his first year in office, while 27% of respondents disapprove of his performance as governor. None of that is a good thing for the Democrats in a swing state a year out from Election Day. Now, I will tell you, I will tell you, David McCormick is a fantastic conservative. It should have been him and not Mehmet Oz, who was running against, uh, what's his face, the, uh, God, what's his face, the current, whole, uh, Fetterman, John Fetterman, U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania. It should have been McCormick who got the, who, who won the primary, but Trump came in at the last minute at the urging of Sean Hannity and other Republicans for, I can't understand for the life of me why, they would push Trump to endorse a party-hopping carpetbagger like Shapiro. I, I'm sorry, not not Shapiro, the governor. Um, uh, uh, Oz, but they did, but he did. Uh, McCormick's a fantastic conservative. I hope Pennsylvania makes the right choice this time. I really hope. I really hope we could go back in time and be McCormick versus Fetterman. It would be over. I mean, there there would be no Fetterman in the Senate. Although I will say to his credit, Fetterman came out with the strongest 
uh, words uh, very early on against Hamas and their actions in Israel. So that's something to keep note of as well. But it's just, it's bad news for the Democrats. The Democrats are struggling in areas where they shouldn't be. Black voters, Hispanic voters, Asian American voters, young voters. These are groups that are typically demographically aligned with the Democrats and more and more they are splitting. Blue collar households are splitting between Republican and Democrat. That hasn't happened since 2016. Donald Trump really did redefine a lot of things. And one of those was blue collar workers and working class and especially union households. The Democrats have a very big demographic problem, and it's only going to get worse if they can't figure out how to stop the bleeding on all this. I'm not sure if they know how to stop the bleeding, though. Because they keep doubling down on positions. You have Rashida Tlaib and the squad who went for days without saying anything about the absolute savagery, the barbarism that happened in Israel by Hamas. It wasn't until Wednesday that Rashida Tlaib said anything. She said, of course, I unequivocally hate when somebody butchers women and children and people who say that, I ha- that I'm fine with it are attacking me because of my race and ethnicity and religion. No, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. Nobody said that because of your uh, ethnicity and religion. They said because you were quiet about it. And your first statement was equivocating what Israel has done to what Hamas did. And there is no equivocation. There is no equality in comparing the two of those. There is a vast difference between Israel defending itself and Hamas butchering Israeli women and children. But I digress. We're at the point in all this where the Democrats have to do a lot of soul searching. They have lost parents when it comes to education. They have lost parents when it comes to social issues like the transgender stuff. They have lost the support from parents. They have lost support from a not insignificant number of black voters. They have lost support from young voters and Hispanic voters and Asian American voters. They have lost a lot of support in demographics that normally trend toward them. If you're losing uh, suburban soccer moms because you think young boys or grown men should be allowed in the same bathrooms as their little girls, you have created the problem for yourself. It's not bigotry. It's not transphobia. It's not LGBT phobia. It is the fact that you have embraced a social doctrine that is completely scaring off a bunch of American parents. And keep in mind, the Democrats rely a lot, a lot on minority groups, and those minority groups now feel alienated from the Democratic Party. And as a result, they are looking at the GOP and saying, we think you can be more responsible with our government. Keep in mind, again, Trump, who is under indictment for roughly 100 charges, is up like nine points over Joe Biden in Pennsylvania, according to Emerson College. I don't think the gap is really that big. Emerson is not always the most accurate. But the trend of Trump doing better and better against Joe Biden while Joe Biden continues to falter and the Democrats continue to falter, that is still going. That is still going on.
that polling trend is especially important to look at right now because we are not too far off from the first ballots being cast for the Republican 2024 primary. And right now, everything says Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. Things could change. Nikki Haley is surging. Ron DeSantis is trying to bounce back. There are machinations in the background that could cause things to change one way or another. We still don't know the impact of the various indictments and charges against Trump. How long will that keep him off the trail? How much more money must he spend on his legal issues? All of that sort of thing. That can have an impact. The Democrats' best case scenario for Joe Biden is Donald Trump, according to almost every poll that comes out. Almost every poll that comes out that says Donald Trump is, at worst, maybe a point, point and a half behind Biden, at best, is a couple points ahead of Joe Biden. And that's the best case scenario for Biden right now. Nikki Haley does extraordinarily well against Joe Biden. Ron DeSantis does well against Joe Biden. Tim Scott, a lot of other Republicans do well against Joe Biden right now, according to the polling. And don't tell me that the polling sucks and it's rigged because these same polls, the polls that say Donald Trump is up 15, 20 points above the rest of his uh, competitors. You can't say that, that part of the poll is accurate, but the fact that Donald Trump does his is the worst Republican against Biden, you can't say that's BS from the rest of the poll you agree with. That's not how it works. Donald Trump is the Democrats' best case scenario for Biden. The best case scenario is still beating Joe Biden in most of the polling that's been coming out lately. And any sort of indecisiveness, any sort of terror attack that results from the instability in the Middle East, any sort of uh, negative press coverage that comes from his handling of the border, of crime, of Israel, of anything foreign policy, all of that reflects poorly on Joe Biden and drags him down further. 232-1542 is the number. You can also reach out on the KPL app chat. Let's take this final break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back. Only a couple minutes left here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you want to send a message on the KPL app, you absolutely can. I will see them as they come in. Like I told you in the last segment, though, uh, I am in Memphis, Tennessee, currently visiting St. Jude. I did give the number out a couple times during the show. Nobody's answering that. I'm sorry. Uh, I, it's force of habit. I was recording this force of habit. I didn't want to stop and go in and cut it out or anything. I just let things run because I knew if I, I stopped once to fix something, I want to go back in and change a bunch of things. And so I, I just didn't deal with that. Anyway, here at the end of the show, a couple things left to note about the national political scene right now. The Republican Party is still trying to figure out who it is. Are we in a post-Trump era? If not, is there a way that we can align what was the Trump era with just the new political reality? Is there a way that they can make Trump work? If Trump doesn't work, is there a way they can make one of the other candidates work? How does this play out? The Republicans simply don't know. A lot of Republicans are frankly lost right now. They don't know how any of this is going to go forward. That's a big problem for the Republican Party, but it's nowhere near the level of problems that the Democrats have right now. The Democrats have a lot of problems they still have to figure out. And yeah, some of you out there who are progressive or liberal or Democrats or whatever you want to call yourselves, you know as well as I do that, yes, Donald Trump has problems. 
And yes, I do believe the Mar-a-Lago case is still probably the the biggest danger that Trump has as far as his legal situation goes. But Democrats, my progressive friends, my liberal friends, I must tell you, your own guy ain't shining. He's not doing all that great. And you have people within your own party trying to figure out if he needs to stay or if he needs to go. So maybe y'all need to focus on yourselves a bit. You guys have a great day. I will be back on Monday live in studio post-election. Don't forget to tune in to KPL at 7.30 tomorrow night for our election night coverage. You guys have a great day, great weekend. Talk to you again soon. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast version of today's show is live. You can go to JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. You can also get the podcast, Apple, Spotify. If you get them from there, please leave a rating and a review. Makes the algorithm love me. You guys have a great weekend. Talk to you soon here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL.